Okay, you're teasing. Hang on, let me get the teasable things here. All right. All right. Get my teasables out. Hey, hey we could probably we could probably get in deeper trouble. You know, perhaps I'll never say that again. But not on purpose. <laughs> and I would really like to not ever hear about your teasables again. <laughs> and I don't think I'm alone in that. <coughs> no, no, you're... Uh... You're there are ways to get a hold of us. You the government has registered its complaints that I can cast your vote if you'd like pencil. to know more about Tot, about Scott's teasables or Totskeezables, depending on how you. So anyway, Weezables. We would appreciate it very much, Lee, if you would like, subscribe, and or follow to This Is True Really News. Because otherwise, we'd have to go back to do something else, and that means we'd be loose on society more. Something and productive. Pretty sure nobody wants that. So please, you, your friends, your family, people, you've just noticed on the street uh overcast spotify player fm and podnova good places to like subscribe and or follow this is true really news and snapper teasables yes and my teasable read this is true really news with scott combs and tony vercanis all the news you're about to hear is true as far as you know Staffordshire police report a couple of burger... Bur- now you've got Hello. me all flustered. And now Scott Combs, take two. Staffordshire police report a couple of burglars were arrested the other day when one of them butt-dialed 999, which is the UK's version of 911, the emergency number. Huh. Officers were dispatched to the scene while presumably everyone else in the station house listened in as the crime progressed. Chief Inspector John Owen of the Staffordshire Police tweeted, I think we have just arrested the two unluckiest burglars. The two men from Stoke-on-Trent, aged 49 and 42, certainly old enough to know better, are still in custody. You know, boys, you you don't have to bring, I mean, it's not a rule. You have to bring your cell phone with you. I'm just thinking. It's like the burglar who laughed at a joke. I have, <laughs> I have traditions. Oh, nice. Some different wedding traditions that I have stolen from somebody who found them. (laughs) Which is awfully well done. If you're in the Congo, there is no smiling at the wedding. No smoking or smirking either. No, no smiling because the bride and groom can't smile at all. They have to keep a stoic, stern face throughout the entire ceremony. No smiling for the photos or during the after party. Even if the rest of the crowd is going, you know, completely whack jobby afterwards. They're still stoic. And no, it's not because they're trying to be jerks or they aren't happy. It's just that's how extremely serious the Congo takes this business of being married. So by not smiling, the bride and groom show they aren't treating their lifelong commitment as some sort of joke. Anyone in the United States paying any attention? South Korea. They have a tradition of giving at least one. You know, yeah, trust me, there are more in these countries. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's a tradition in South Korea to give the soles of the groom's feet a good beating before he's allowed to leave with his new wife. Yes, the groom's friends. Are they really? Take off the old shoes and socks, tie his ankles together, and beat his feet, usually with a stick, sometimes a dried fish. <laughs> this is beginning to sound like a Monty Python episode. The, or should be. The friends also often question the groom about his bride and his plans for marriage. The point, of course, is to get a measure of the groom's determination and personal strength. We would do that whether it was a he or she when our kids would be bold enough 
to bring someone they were dating to one of the friends gatherings. Okay. Um, and oddly enough, the kids did not learn from the first three or four. So we've most every child that is now married, their poor spouse went through us asking them rude questions. <laughs> anyway, in South Korea, they figured how many they babies put, have you eaten? If they, well, actually, the worst answer was four. But if he can put up with the beating, he can put up with the marriage. Thinks the South South Korea. Well, I guess it depends talking on how like, much they've had to drink. Talking like you. Not sure about the message here, but, you know, smack him in the foot. Uh, in Germany, they break the bride's dishes. It's called Polterabend, which technically translates more to bachelor party. Yeah. Which is not what you and I would think of as a bachelor no, party. No. But on, on the eve of the wedding, the couple's friends again, really? Are they really? Will gather at the bride's place and then proceed to smash every breakable dish and piece of crockery on the old floor. Afterwards, though, the couple gets to clean it all up together. Isn't that a treat? This way, they show Can't that they wait. can work together to overcome any challenges they might face in their marriage, like, you know, finding new friends. The, who pays for it? I mean, plates and stuff. That's not How cheap. How far can this go if, if it goes beyond dishes? They cut off someone's foot? Here. No, that, see, now you'd be mixing your, South Korean tradition. Here's your home reattachment and, kit. In France... The tradition is banging all night. Don't. Uh -uh. After the wedding, the newlyweds in some parts of France will retreat to their new home. There will be then banging that lasts all night. Don't. Because it's not what you're thinking, you filthy-minded Scotsman. The couple's family and friends gather together at the house and start banging pots and pans. The lucky newlywed couple on their wedding night is then supposed to respond by showing up in their wedding attire and serving snacks and drinks to the pots and pans banging crowd. Um, I think it's called Sherivery. I think it's Shivery here in the States. There are some places. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. I guess I've heard of that. I don't know why you do that. Cause I'm pretty sure that after you've went through the ceremony and then you've been to the party and then you've escaped all the lunatics, you're not thinking of serving treats in your wedding gown and wedding Mm -mm. Ducks. Hmm. No, frankly, this is why I own guns. You come to my house and pull See, that crap? I'm thinking you try that in Texas. It could be <laughs> hippie. Uh, turn in Moratina, oh, go ahead. In Moratina, it's fattening the bride. I know. In our country, right? I haven't eaten for 17 years trying to get into this dress. I won't get married till I'm to my perfect weight. <laughs> Which is skeletal. It, Moratina, it's the complete opposite. A chubby bride is seen as a sign of wealth and fortune. And apparently, I'm guessing, guys just like their women a little heftier there. Rubenette. As, as thick, I believe, is the hip new term. Oh, is that the hip new term? I have no idea. Okay. So it's not weird to see a bride trying to intentionally gain weight. There is a bit of a darker side. Some brides-to-be are sent to a uh, fat camp. Kind of a bizarro world fat camp. They're force-fed enormous amounts of food. Bodybuilders, right, consume about 14,000 calories or about 4,000 calories a day. Yeah, I was going to say 14 right? sounds big. That's 14 to 16 is what the girls will be consuming at the marriage fat camps. Why don't they just send them to, uh, to uh, sumo wrestling school? Those guys have to eat all the time, too. Just go to McDonald's all yeah. the time. What the heck? In re well, there goes one sponsor shot. Yeah, In recent years, younger brides and grooms have apparently started to combat the fat camp tradition, although they're saying it may be firing up again. But according to one study, about 65% of both women, men and women still say good idea. That's so odd. I like it. 
Turn of a phrase. I'm not done. Oh, I thought you were. Sorry. I apologize. No, there's, there's one we got to do. In Kenya, should the bride's father spit on her during the wedding, it would surely ruin the day, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. But among the Maasai of Kenya, it's expected. Yes, before the bride leaves with her spanking new husband, her spanking new father-in-law will spit on her head and chest. No disrespect, because the Maasai believe that spitting on someone brings good luck. Whereas in most places I know, spitting on someone brings broken teeth and a black eye. Yeah. (laughs) It's not just restricted to weddings either. Uh, They'll spit on their hands before shaking hands with an elder to show respect. And newborn babies get the good luck charm treatment too. That must be. I remember seeing that in Westerns when I was a kid. And then they'd shake hands. Yep. Yep. Never understood that. I thought they were just trying to get the dust and cow smell off. Maybe they were just from Kenya. Yes, because I can so easily picture Roy Rogers and Dale Evans being from Kenya. Or Walter Brennan, for that matter. Nope, not as much. (laughs) So, turn up a phrase. Yeah. Gunfire erupted more suddenly than a bag of Jiffy Pop at a wiener roast in hell. She felt her maternal instincts rise up like a two-headed shark facing down a runaway grocery cart. I'm going to need a minute with that one maybe it was a nurse shark uh, um land shark was, yeah she, <laughs> she was an enchantress pizza with more curves than a roller coaster who wore a leopard skin mini skirt that stuck to her voluptuous body like shrink wrap to a rump roast okay i worry about him <laughs> and that was a him that wrote that i know it had to be a guy yeah. uh her two front teeth looked like a couple of chiclets that weren't on speaking terms. <clears throat> okay. I think we need to stop this tooth gap harassment. <laughs> His kiss burned her lips like a painful bowel movement following a hot night in Tijuana. Oh, boy. <sighs> Done. Just all right. Mourners at Phil McLean's funeral in Wellington, New Zealand. Here's a segue from hell. And we're back to Tijuana. Dang. From backside discomfort to New Zealand. The mourners gasped and then laughed as his coffin, shaped like a Giant cream donut was brought into the chapel. Yes, I. Oh. According to the Associated Press report, McLean had designed the special coffin with his cousin Ross Hall, owner of Dying Art, <laughs> a, mm, a business in Auckland that specializes in custom coffins. Over the last 15 years, Hall has fashioned a sailboat, fire truck, a chocolate bar, and Legos, among other things. McLean's widow, Deborah, said her husband had considered himself a connoisseur of cream donuts. Me too. And the coffin overshadowed the sadness. The final memory in everyone's mind was that of a donut and Phil's sense of humor. As for himself, Cousin Hall said he had planned a red box with flames on it. But he changed his mind to a clear coffin with him wearing nothing but a leopard pattern G-string. The kids say they're not going, though. (laughs) The wife says she's not going. Hey, 
I wonder how much a Batmobile coffin would cost. You know, I keep thinking about the cream-filled donut, and I remember there was a place called Mr. Donut when I was a kid, and we'd occasionally go get donuts there. Mm -hmm. And the cream-filled ones were always these big, round, solid things, and there would be a little cream sticking out of it from where they injected it. Yep. I'm wondering if, you know, the deceased's feet were maybe sticking out. Say goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Scott. Thank you. This is True Really News. Send email to TITR at netradio.network.